0: Hey, this is Kat, the lead bus, and I am here on my Revenue Accelerator podcast with Adil Amarcy. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Or, I mean, I can right. do it with a French accent, but Amarsi. <laughs> I
1: thought funny. you were going with the first part of my name. It was like, oh, fine. That's the part of people everyone like gets with, are like, Adil, Adil, Adil. Uh, a deal good
0: yes so I know a deal barely um but we've actually got just just the the one
1: I'm like no and you're like (laughs) I'll go with the one that you hate the most
0: um, here's the thing. So, you all know when you're like engaging with people online, it is all about, at least my philosophy, absolutely, is all about creating connection and building the relationship so that you can continue to drive value, which is why Adele is on the podcast today, because it's exactly what he did with me when we first connected. Um, and so, I want to share a little bit more about kind of his specialization in the copy world, which is something that I am a big fan of when it comes to content, right? So email content, uh, email copy, whatever it is, however you want to talk about it. It's how you have a conversation without actually talking to someone face-to-face. So now that I've talked way more in this intro than I typically do, Adele, tell us why, what you do, why you do it and why people should actually care that you do it. You're muted now, so you need to unmute yourself. <laughs>
1: For the love of goodness, man! I, I do nice things and then they bite me in the ass. All right. Anyway, here we go. Uh, I'm gonna do this in streamline version, so you guys have it. So my name is Adil Marcy or Adele or Marcy, whichever one you wanna go with. Um, I'm. Basically pretty much known as the underground A-lister because I've been in the copywriting game for 20 years this year. 14 as a professional. You don't like
0: you could be that old.
1: <laughs> I turned 32 in September. That would mark my 20th year. I started when I was 12. Went pro at 18. 14 years of copywriting later. And by the time I hit my 32nd birthday, I would have written 14,722 campaigns and ads uh by that point hopefully my numbers of my losses don't change because my losses are only about 400 400 ish campaigns i've lost in that time which mm. you know is a lot but to fourteen thousand plus wins yeah i'm straight dunking i'm good with that um the I'll reason that yeah so it's pretty pretty good numbers but the reason i've always kind of like been not known as everyone's garden variety copyright is because i took a lot of time on my skill, and I was really self conscious as a twenty year old. I'm good at this. Anxiety doesn't really help <laughs> Aww, all that much. Are you
0: an introvert?
1: <laughs> no, I'm an. Ex- the weird part is I'm an extrovert that has like very little anxiety in other areas, except when I go, "Hi, I'm pretty good at this." It's mm. the reason that like um, my friend Caitlin was making fun of me, going, "Yeah, you are the king of the humble brag." I'm like, "Why?" She goes, "Because I've spoken to you, and then you drop little gems, and you're like." <laughs> Oh, no. why <laughs> like why would you not tell me this in like um in a good ma- like why would you just bring it up in a weird way so anyway why you guys should give a shit about it is as you can tell i love telling stories i love humor i it's like a natural thing for me to give them uh but the other thing is i'm actually a bit of a genius copywriter and people use the word genius incorrectly but no i actually am a genius in that sense uh we've been tested woo uh but the other aspects are we of are we meant-a'd? No, I rejected MENSA. Um, <laughs> I don't like groups. I don't like groupthink. It's just too constraining. <laughs> an extrovert and who
0: doesn't like groups? I'm just starting to think you might have been misdiagnosed as an extrovert.
1: <laughs> I have ADHD and autism, apparently. Like mm. I say, apparently, it's a 95% certainty at the time that we're recording this. By the time we get done, I should have my diagnosis.
0: I think a uh, lot of people probably have those tendencies, especially entrepreneurs, without yeah, just being definitely. diagnosed. We've just figured out ways to function in society.
1: Pretty much for a lot of people it's coffee uh but anyway kind of going back into it now the whole reason I, so I love people I love being around people I just don't like being grouped in with expectations so like Mensa mm. for instance is like you have to be smart and I'm like I say a lot of dumb shit so I'm like no <laughs> you can be
0: quickly disqualified <laughs>
1: yeah I don't want to lose my rep for a little while I kind of want to <laughs> hold on to it as long as I can because it's my comfort blanket damn it <laughs> um but going back into it so like I just basically obsess over my work like crazy mm. um And I am a perfectionist, I know I am, but that's one of the reasons why I have such a crazy run record which at the moment is 821 million dollars i can track for my clients true a number to that is 1.2 billion and you guys are going to see the reason why because over the calls like this i give a lot away so you guys are in for a treat and cat is under ex- explicit instruction to ask me any question under the sun that she deems worthy fit ridiculous and whatever it is and i'm under the oath to answer it truthfully as i can so let's enjoy and have fun
0: So here, let's just dive in. So we're just going to go. I'm going to ask the questions that I'm thinking of. So here's something that I know and something that I wish I had been told way earlier in my entrepreneurial career. Copy and content is absolutely critical when it comes to creating success in your business. It was something that was really overlooked. People focus a lot on how to have sales conversations and even how to generate leads as a lead boss, right? But one of the biggest things is being able to be consistent right? With your content, because it's not about good content, but consistency in your content. So, you know, what's your advice with people now who are looking to be more consistent, to be more impactful? Because, you know, we all know and are part of even may own Facebook groups that are hyper quiet. (laughs) Uh, There are a lot of lurkers and there's not engagement. So there's like 15 different questions in there. So just answer the ones that you can remember.
1: Okay. Game time. Cool. So copywriting is the math skill, but there is a huge difference between copywriting and content writing. By the way, you guys are going to want to have to re-listen to this because I'm going to get on a bit of a diatribe, and I, when I do, I start speaking really, really quickly. Uh, it's not because of a nervous tick. It's just more or less there's a lot in my head that I need to get out and unload. Otherwise, it's not going to make sense, and then we're going to go over time, and that's lot that I want to give you. So... Here we go. So essentially what it is when it comes down to your actual content writing, that is all about telling really good stories that, get people to, that gets people to care. And there is a huge uh, disadvantage people have where they try and teach how to tell story. And I'm going to rant on this. Fuck all of you guys. You don't do it correctly anymore because you're using the same goddamn broken formula and you haven't fixed it. You know what fixes it? multitudes of different studies and understanding how story actually works i'm gonna give you guys everyone here here's a really simple exercise i train my own copywriters in to tell good stories number one go get a favorite book you really enjoy for me i tell people to read chris carter's the uh crucifix killer which is a thriller novel um because it's hard to put down i literally went through that thing in two and a half days three days i'm Mm. dyslexic and i ripped through it it was amazing um dude is one hell of a good writer number two You pick someone like Stephen King, if you want, Uh, like even Harry Potter, whatever. Basically, something that gets you emotional.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Let's go for something emotional. Basically, that makes you emotional. So maybe when Dumbledore dies in book six. And if I swear to God, if one of you says, spoiler alert, screw you. It's been around for ages. Like, if you haven't read it or seen it, that's on you. Watch
0: the movies for Christmas. (laughs) The
1: love of goodness, read the books. Um, Anyway, they're not that hard, not that difficult. Your kids will love them. Anyway, read them with them. Anyway, uh, kind of going off topic. So going back into it, what basically ends up happening is with the co- with the content structures that you basically do, look at how the emotions of video games, movies, TV shows, all that kind of affect you, and just have like a notepad next to you and write down what scene it was. One of the weirdest ones for me was uh, Avengers Endgame. Captain America stood there in front of Thanos's entire army. He straps on his broken shield, grabs Mjolnir, and then it says, "On your left." In that moment, that whole thing just creates such a dramatic flat. I tear up and I don't actually know fully why until I replayed Gears of War 3 recently. And then I realized... Gears of War, by the way, one of the greatest franchises 1, 2, and 3, if you haven't played it, go through the cutscenes on YouTube, it's about six hours of your time, will be worth every single moment because there are so many emotional highs and lows, especially mm-hmm. built around long-term story and camaraderie. Yes, mm-hmm. it is a war game, but more importantly, it is a war game with a soul and a heart like none other. I swear to God, if you do not cry when Gears of War 3 happens, and I just mentioned the word Dom, you'll know which bit I'm on about because that thing makes you fucking cry. It's a very breaking moment. And in Captain America, it's the exact opposite. It's a healing moment, but it's mm-hmm. under the same emotion. So how you take those emotions, once you've written them down and know exactly where the emotional flare is, you can reverse engineer what it is about and makes you feel the way that you do. Now, when you have that emotional connection to the idea of what's underneath it, guess what? There is a story in your life where that is related, whether that is for Captain America people having your back. There's a story of that where like loads of people had shown to have my back when I thought it was me versus everyone. Mm. And that broke my heart because it was one of the first times that uh, someone actually stepped in and was like, holy shit, we have this kid's back. It was an emotional moment. So how can I take that feeling and put that into a story or into a script or into a piece of content that basically goes out there or an email that allows people to actually understand that, hey, guess what? I'm there with you. If you feel like you're standing on Everest all alone and there's like an army in front of you and you are literally about to get ravaged, guess what? We're here. We're the backup. We're the cavalry. Come with us. You can actually use those emotive pieces. The other aspect is you can see how stories built over time and more importantly, what narratives are running through. This is really important right nowadays, especially when it comes down to copywriting, because the old school direct response copywriting is what I'm referring to. So this is the difference between content. Content is all about like getting you through stuff, teaching you whatever it is. But it's a long term game. Direct response is going, let me grab you by the throat and bring you in if you want to be really sexual about it but if you really want to be very truthful about it it's more like walking up to you having a really good conversation and at the end of it going from I was having a really good night of drinks by myself in a bar and now I had like the best night ever with this person if that's your vibe or you went home and I don't know exchanged phone numbers or something and you felt absolutely brilliant doesn't have to be whatever it is let your brain fulfilled the fantasy connection
0: is what you're really referring to is creating a connection through the written word with someone that you've never maybe even met in person
1: yeah deeply deeply connecting those connections because that they, they become hard and people don't understand what there is there's like this old adage which is stab them in the back twist the fucking knife, and then if they're in enough pain then they'll buy from you uh fuck that try it's and think the of the bro as-
0: world right
1: <laughs> i wouldn't even go as far as the bro world that's just old school selling because it's fear mongering cnn so yeah, right. does it fox does it everyone freaking does it the The whole concept of bro marketing today, I I totally get it, by the way, I support that entirely, but in in the sense of like the the use of the term, Um, but also let's just be real for what it is. It's traditional old school marketing. Yeah, it's old school marketing
0: guys does new and innovative strategies that still basically prey on people's weaknesses and pushing them into the fear of missing out and triggering people into, you know, anxiety buying.
1: You're basically creating buyer's remorse. Yeah. The the best, if you guys are wondering, oh, what's what's a really good way to illustrate this? I'm going to give you the perfect example. Ready? Here we go. It's the equivalent of walking up to someone you really like in a bar, having a conversation with them. In this case, I'm going to just use a man and a woman because um, that's a reality that I can relate to. Anyone else, please change whatever pronouns, gender stereotypes that you want totally not against any of them, just going for the own example for myself here, so now that's all clear, because um, intentions are quite important, of course. Um, so if a guy walks up to a woman and starts talking to her like crazy, and she's like, no, 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 and he just keeps going and pointing out all her insecurities, nagging her, her down, her. Yeah. gaslighting her, basically being a, ki- a giant dickbag, or just an asshole, because like, everyone Making has her question
0: her own sanity and, and all Value, that. Value,
1: yeah. all during a conversation, and then basically her going home with you and making a decision to like hang out or do something that's not called like meeting a quality person having a great time that that's a sexual assault bud yeah. um so <laughs> don't and ladies the same applies to you because it works both ways we're not here i'm just using men because i'm on no, that but side. it's
0: a prevalent marketing strategy that is yep. still being peddled and it's,
1: and it's stupid
0: Yes. I mean, I'm absolutely. And that's what we're changing, right? That's yeah. that's the so, movement that we're part of and trying to make sure that people understand that they can create real connection by being their real selves so that they attract the right kind of clients that they actually want to work with that will get results from working with yeah. you.
1: And let's take this even further because this is where we're going to. So the whole reason that's one side and that might be like, okay, so what other ways can we do this? Cause the other side is people go flowery and that fucks me off so much. Cause no, you shithead. You don't abandon sales principles. Like you don't throw the baby out <laughs> with the bathwater. You keep the baby and you put it in some clean water. That's how you keep running this thing.
0: Just show up in integrity.
1: <laughs> and how you do that is actually quite hard for a lot of people because they don't actually know what it looks like. So here's the framework. You're allowed to use what I call the, bra- the, the sea salt effect. The sea salt effect is if you got some really good brownies and some salt uh, and some caramel on top, guess what? Some sea salt goes great on that shit. It just tastes delicious. That is the sprinkle of pain you're allowed to have. Mm. Namely, hey, shitface, you actually have piranhas on you. You can call them a shitface if they actually appreciate it and actually call it back. If not, you can actually like, hey, hey, yeah, you're, you're surrounded by piranhas. You're being bitten right now. Do you want me to help you out? Cool. Here's why you need to listen to me. And just have a conversation because if you look at it, the way that I write copies is conversational in my head because it's like if I came up to you and started having a conversation with you, the, bar, the very first five things you're thinking about would be, oh, that sounds interesting. Cool. I'm assessing you. I know what
0: it is. Now, who the fuck are you? You know, <coughs> just a little important note here for people to understand. Read your emails and your messages out loud because i swear if you actually heard yourself say the thing that you type people and i'm talking in particular about pitchy pete who's all over sliding in people's dms and curating ptcd post traumatic connection disorder and basically trying to pitch you the second you accept that connection request you would never say what they write in an email or in a message to someone in person after you first met them. Now, there are a few people because they're sleazy salesmen, typically car salesmen and furniture salesmen. Sorry, it's just how it is. Um, But you would never actually say those things to someone like, hey, looks like you're struggling with your courses there. I have this thing that could probably help solve all your problems. Why don't we hop on a sales call? No.
1: (laughs) No, that's not how you do it. And by the way, there is a way, but we're going to suck it back to this in just just a second. Yeah. So I just want to finish your other questions. So the thing is, when you're actually going through these master skills, because we haven't loaded quite a lot of stuff here. So what you're going to look at is the emotional side. So when when you're going through your sales letter writing, What you essentially want to look at is the conversational tone, which is you start off with the big benefit. You kind of go into it. You create an open loop that's actually very, very true that you're going to be closing in the sales copy. not by buying a course, but actually closing the loop in the sales copy and then introducing yourself, going through your own story, why you're there, why you're important, like why you did what you did, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to go through the sob story. It could literally be, I was having a great time. Life was really, really good. Things were going really great. And then I realized I wanted to give back. Why? Because I don't want to be a selfish asshole anymore and thought it'd be the right thing to do because guess what? Our culture woke up a little bit more guess what? You can actually say that because it's the truest thing there is. And people are like, thank you for being honest versus I don't need a pain story to make sure that you are feeling sad and shit. <coughs> um, sorry, that well, was
0: not to create empathy, to create connection. Like you don't need exactly. to rally around pain. You can rally around positivity. Um, there's exactly. like just side note, it's the difference between someone who's anti-war and pro-peace both exactly. are the same thing. Technically but which one is more powerful? Which one do you want to rally around? I'd rather be around pro-peace than people who are anti-war.
1: Yep. It's so much easier and people don't see it or realize that and kind of go back into it. So like the 20% this assaulted pain bit is kind of like going, Hey, this problem is on you, which is, Hey, by the way, like if you haven't gone through this situation, then maybe you might want to look at this kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and this is why we relate. So for instance, if, um, does the thought of pulling it like one of the headlines I have in my own sales copies, like for one of the pieces I'm writing is uh, does the thought of writing your own copy, make you want to pull your own hair out because it's absolutely strenuous, painful and you hate it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you ever thought about, if you've, sorry, if you've ever wanted to hire a world-class professional to sell your products and courses, but they are too expensive. um, You're not in the right place, but you need to start selling to get out of your own way, then read every word below. And then the open loop that goes into is, I've trained well. I've trained some of your favorite marketing professionals out there. I've worked with those around you. Here's how I've done things slightly different. Um, And what I'm going to share with you is how you can rely on a structured process that allows you to have your own creativity. So essentially, I call it the playground effect. Uh, and I'll explain that in just a moment. And essentially what happens during this process is you're going to understand how to input your own story, how to cope with your own ideas and angles and hooks, and most importantly, sell in a way that's completely uniquely you while saving yourself a lot of time. And oh, by the way, it only takes five hours to go through this process. Before I get into exactly what it is, let me introduce myself so I can explain the playground to you. Hi, I'm Adler Marcy, and this is my
0: story. That's the open the- loop for anyone listening. Is he, st- he established something, opened the loop, started going, redirecting somewhere else, and then you go close the loop at the end. It's not everyone's really savvy with and oh. not to insult anyone who's listening but just in case i want to clarify what an open and closing Perfect. loop strategy is
1: yeah there's no shame in that because like for years people were telling me about stuff and i was like i don't know what that actually means i have a whole different word for it but yes that is uh, an open loop is yeah you've you've nailed it on the freaking head and thank you for that so essentially that is the big difference and why understanding the skill is a masked key and yes you can pick up this skill in about four or five hours depending on the teacher. Um, but the real place is practice. Yes. The more practice you have and the more understanding you have, the better it is your best friend is actually psychology books, uh, and parenting books. Um, and, uh, a lot of other books understanding
0: how like it pertains to human,
1: uh, human interaction. Um, Hadn't you thought go- of
0: parenting books, but I can totally see it. Having three kids underneath the age of seven. Um, so just side note, and because I'm just I'll gonna go do this it. throughout our entire conversation. Just go for it. it. But it's that it's the concept of so a lot of people they're always, you know, especially in the old sales marketing strategies, is I'm above you, you're below me, and you're wanting to rise up to my level, right? Yep. This is is pretty much the the ascension that you're trying to create, the desire, right? Um, but in parenting books, especially in the ones that are successful, that create kids that aren't, you know, serial killers, yep. um, what they talk about is creating empathy, creating connection with your child. And some of the things are um, validating their emotions. Yep. So a lot of times it's, it's okay to have that emotion, <coughs> right? It's okay to do that. And we don't do this. <laughs> yep. It's okay to be bad and don't hit your brother. <laughs> yeah. So here's what you can do. And then also kind of coming down and not to say that you're demeaning the other person but you have to come down to their level and this is that you have to speak their words you have to speak in a way they can understand and receive information so that they do and produce the and take the action that you want them to pursue right so like and that with parenting comes down to I have to get down to my child's eye level because if not it's this scary huge person who's standing over me um and fear is not the greatest motivator
1: no, it is not. Having cats teaches you that as well for the non-parents like me. <laughs> but it's so powerful and true. Like, it really is so powerful and true. Sorry about that. I just had to quickly, like, send a message like, stop, don't call me. Because um, a friend of mine just called me right now. Like, shit, I'm in the middle of a show. Um, sorry, we were, we were going somewhere um, with
0: this. The the playground effect and, oh, you know, okay. kind of we're leveraging actually,
1: that. Okay, we're going to actually explain the
0: playground effect? Okay, I, this is I, cool. I think so. <laughs>
1: Okay, so the playground yeah. effect actually came from a not-marketing place. It actually came from my personal life. It's, it's a personal time I have for other areas of my life, which is essentially because of how my brain works. And again, like I said at the start of the show, there's a high chance that I might be autistic. And uh, when I say autistic, it's ASD. is essentially what it is. Um, and the only reason I can say that is because my mom's a mental health nurse and one of my, her best friends, who's also a friend of mine, when uh, I last saw him, she just looked at and went, I thought you knew i was like knew, no. and then he kind of pointed out by like, going how many adhd people do you know that have like an impeccable memory i was like oh yeah did you and line was up new... your
0: trains in order as a no train?
1: no i had a whole different thing uh i used to write and my writing had to be absolutely perfect if i made mm. a single mistake on anywhere on that page you i would tear the it paper out, out and again. restart yep oh. even if it's like a full stop in the wrong place yeah uh
0: oh the pain to... of having to cross through a letter i um, never done that i just tore like, it out but no, you would throw, but to have to do that now. So <laughs> that's, why, I,
1: that's why I have an iPad. And also I'm not so precious about it anymore. Cause I, I once I figured out what it was, I just kind of like, I was encouraged yeah. to just write through it. Yeah, It was like, it was kind of forced upon me to work through it. So I was like, all right, I'll work through well, this. Well, I mean,
0: that's sometimes the benefit of not knowing the diagnostic is you have to figure out a way to function in society. Um, I mean, it's, horrible i've had friends who've had the same situation of not being told that they were diagnosed even and having to found you know but it's always nice to know so that you can say oh okay it's not just me
1: <laughs> oh yeah it's um it's one of those things someone said to you, oh why do you want the diagnosis like because it actually finally explains what goes on up here for me
0: right so playground effect
1: yes playground effect so the playground effect is quite simply this it gives me a wider enough range of uh people to know exactly what they want mm. uh and what they like but um it's one of those things where it's uh sorry i get enough of an idea of what the, what's going on what's going on in that playground so i know what they like in there but there's no actual um restriction mm. so it's kind of like you're in a you're in a massive playground it's quite big it has a seesaw swing set has a little skate park has like a little basketball court has like a little football place whatever it is it has all these little like accoutrement of places that you can go and enjoy yourself the thing is you don't you're not going to play on all the playground in a single day you'll tire yourself out so that's why it's just but also at the same time you know you have permission to play at the playground mm. and what you're allowed to play uh, at the playground what you're allowed to do the same thing applies to your copy same thing applies to your friend's life because you know what you can say what you can, who you can say it to what kind of conversations you can have what kind of conversations you can't have what kind of, have, what kind of code switching you might be doing or not doing Um, which again, there are positives and negatives to each one, because again, as a personal color, there is obviously I've I've had to work out certain things, but that's just a thing that happens. Um, and when I mean code switching, it's just more or less like I'm, there's certain aspects of me that come out with certain friends of mine that don't come out with all my friends. because Right.
0: Well, I mean, different people have different levels of safety and different things that you can talk to. Um, it's like when you're an entrepreneur, you can't always talk to your family about it because they just don't get it. So you just don't go there with them.
1: Yeah, like uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm actually Tanzanian. And when I'm around my friends that are of African nature, like whether it be Black, Arab, Asian, whatever it is, um, my very African side comes out of me and everyone kind of goes, oh shit, no, he is, just whatever. It's, it's an immediate acceptance. Like there is no color in what we see. We just are from the same place, mm. um, which is awesome. But at the same time, I can't talk about African shit with like, my friends that aren't African because they're you like, up you in know,
0: Iceland, yes. Yeah, it's like,
1: you're not going to understand the ridiculousness of the stuff I'm t- talking about. Like, I'll tell you some stuff and then you're like, oh shit, what's going on? But anyway, going back into it, with the playground effect, it is just that same thing. It's allowed. It's like what you're allowed to talk about with your audience mm. without actually having to, um, like it gives them, like my structure basically gives you enough of an open field so you know what toys are on the playground. And if you want to write a successful sales letter, to use all of them Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how you do it with examples. But once you get to a point where you're good, you can incorporate all of them to make a bigger thing that works for you in functionality and, uh, and in the process that just works quite simply. Because there is a 17 and a half step system to actually get someone to go from, I don't know who you are to, I really love you and I'm empathic to you to wanting to buy from you. And I understand why I'm buying is completely my own choice and volition to ultimately actually working through some really, really powerful stuff. Obviously I have used like certain influence persuasion principles um and this is kind of what i want to clear up as well with people there's a there, there are three things that you need to be aware of influences one side of the coin heads uh, or tails if you want whatever um and uh manipulation is the bottom side of the coin it's the other side of the coin yeah. um so that's the light and dark if you want or if you want if you're a star wars nerd like i am here's the simple way of looking at it uh the the top is like the the influence jedis The Sith, dark side manipulation, persuasion. When you turn that coin on the side, there's that nice little bit on the side. That little bit on the side is actually where the gray live. Now the gray can use manipulation tactics, but ultimately it helps you out because it's persuasive in your process. That is my cat, not a child. Just a heads up because I'm not
0: hearing anything.
1: (laughs) He's in my room now. He's literally by my hands, and he will actually meow at some point. So I do a little appearance. There he is.
0: (laughs) We've got our our co-host uh, yeah. name of your cat?
1: Oh, Chase Barrington the third.
0: Oh well, okay, there we yeah, go. I mean,
1: he's a fancy cat. He gets a fancy name. He has a bow tie and everything. But anyway, um, you can see more and more white. So anyway, going back into it, what ends up happening with this kind of idea of how you create chaos, like structured chaos around and chaos around things, is that. Um, sorry go back to the persuasion thing persuasion is essentially just that whole aspect of like borrowing from light and dark to walk the gray line so you'd be mace windu essentially being able to channel in the darkness to create light um is that what you mean
0: by by structured chaos is that gray space between influence and manipulation
1: yeah that's the playground it's structured chaos basically and what i mean by structured chaos is creativity is chaotic it's a chaotic energy we all like someone that says it isn't mm, shut up no it is okay yeah. it's 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 like your best friend and worst enemy at the same it's time it's
0: powerful but absolutely chaotic
1: yeah it's basically uh, god who it's basically the giant dickhead friend of yours that tells you the truth but you love them yes <laughs> it's one way of putting it at it and then every so often they help you and you're like yeah but then they bitch slap you afterwards you're like why i thought you got this bro no god damn it
0: so anyway. I know like one of your, the, one of your, I'm pretty sure one of the, your biggest pillars or your biggest, um, you know, belief processes as part of creating content and email copy and all that, you know, uh, in yeah. that world is this story-based approach. Yes.
1: absolutely. Um,
0: so what is that? So not everyone understands it. Um, what is the story-based approach and like, why is it so powerful?
1: Okay, so my cats, yeah. uh, two things. Right now, I want you guys to quickly head on over to greatestcopywriterlifecom forward slash cat. Uh, the reason being is the next five minutes, I'm going to fill with time while you download this. Head on over, even if you're on like an iPad or something or on your phone, head on over, please, and quickly just go through it. Um, what's it called? Uh, send me everything through and, uh, sorry, go go to that website, enter your name and email address, and you'll get a downloadable link that will uh, or a downloadable PDF. It's a one-pager, and of course, you'll get all the extra content afterwards as well. But right now, you just want the single downloadable page. Come back to it, open up, have it on your desktop, have it somewhere that you can see it. Uh, the reason being this is my story selling matrix. And the reason I call it that it's also known as the infinite content matrix, uh, Adult ridiculous ideas or any other name that I've called it over the time that <laughs> you may know me or Googled me. It's all the same stuff. Your money making
0: machine. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like the three, you know, three step process of stories. So essentially it just has three parts. Number one is, uh, on the left-hand side, um, what drove you to what you're doing? Like what, what kicked your ass so hard that you wanted to like, go do things on the right hand side is what is your point? No return. And the middle of the milestones. Now it's very simple to kind of get wrong, but here's why it's different. Everyone else kind of has this. It's like, Oh, my life was shitty and then it got good. No, there's a point in your life where things got weird and you had to make a change. It's not never, it could be a negative. Most times it is, but it doesn't have to be filtered through a negative lens. You just write the event down. Now, all your milestones are all the things at one point or another you thought were never going to happen, like your points mm. of no return. I'm never going to quit my job. You quit your job. I'm never going to do this. You did that. I'm never going to build like my own website. I built my own website. I'm never going to have a single subscriber. I've got a subscriber. No one's ever going to buy from me that someone bought from me. They're just you keep going and adding the stuff up until you got like your 10, until you're at that point where you've got what I call the glorifying moment of no return, even if it's one of the ones that are earlier. The glorifying moment of no return is happening right now in your life. And this is I can never step back. I've come too far to take a step back. The line of the sand is behind me. I will not cross. Mm-hmm. That right there is essentially what every single milestone eventually, like each point of no return eventually becomes one of those milestones. Mm. Now you have this as a visual in front of you. You'll see it. Just fill that out. And I had this with someone earlier today where it was... Um, they initially told me, oh, yeah, it's because I wanted to be a coach and help people. And I was like, why? And they're like, oh, I was a teacher 15 years ago. I was like, okay, that's incredible. But why being a teacher? They're like, oh, because I had to do this. I'm like, could you not see there is an infinite pattern of you wanting to help people all your life? And that's really your point of why, where you started. You mm. wanted to help people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you kind of build everything else out to the point where you're at today, where you're a coach and helping people grow their Facebook groups so there is like a big wide range um and you guys can do this at home we're gonna do one live right now with cat and i in a moment she's gonna think of something while i'm running through disperses with you um and she's gonna throw it at me and we're just gonna film those blanks now that's step one because you're gonna have your big 10 milestones now the 10 10 big milestones are very very simple those 10 big milestones become your big pieces of content that you can actually post around the internet on facebook social media whatever it is it's great but you're like add it's only 10 you said infinite well i'm gonna show you how it gets to infinite Take that same structure and then move it down one between point zero and point one. So you draw a whole new line chart, or you basically copy the thing into another um, into another file. And what you do on the left hand side, you go, this is where I started, and point one of your no, point of no return on the right hand side is what milestone one above it is. And then now you've got ten separate spaces to go between what happened between there and here. Now you have ten pieces of emotional content. And you keep doing this over and over again until it becomes infinite. And of course, there is a five-minute explainer video that's in there that goes into way more depth with examples. But right now, I want to give you guys a little live one so you guys can take it and run with it right away. So, Kat, do you have an example for me?
0: For, of my own in my own
1: space. If you want to do it in your own space, make up whatever it is. I am literally letting you.
0: Let's like, do the one me- I think where you know um, where people left their corporate jobs and started their own consultancy.
1: Okay, left my corporate job. So I'm own consultancy. I'm making up every single aspect of what is happening right now. So this is you. Cool. Use it. Send me a testimonial after. So here's how we run this left-hand side. Uh, corporate job used to be a stock trader left in 2013. Was there from 2010, 2013 over that three-year period. Um, <laughs> making a very healthy high six figures at the low seven figures, but felt horrible, shitty, wasn't a really bad headspace. Um sick and tired of all the abuse and stuff they got from work because of being a woman. Um yeah, let's go with that. That's basically what it is and what it came into. And on the opposite side is after years and years of burnout and stress, they finally got to a point where they figured out their marketing lead gen actually got everything correct. And now they're able to help people. So over that let's so say it's a three year process or even a one year process if they're amazing actually let's go one and three they're amazing and also they you know they fucked up a load So here's how you do both. So the one that's amazing is quite simple to do. It's like, oh, yeah, so I was a high-powered corporate person that basically did all this amazing stuff. I got to a certain point. I was sick of the misogyny, so I decided to leave. My next process was basically figuring out what my exit plan was, speaking to my partner, making sure that we all got everything ready, or if they're single, it's like figure out my exit plan, speaking to people I care about and love. And then from there, I ended up making a decision. When I made that decision, I jumped out the plane. Thankfully, I had enough savings to go for about eight months, Uh, Plus excess income from my uh, redundancy pay that allowed me to immediately work uh, with a coach. Now, I also did something really intelligent here where I downsized my apartment to the smallest place I could live in, put most of my stuff in storage and decided to myself, I'm not going to move back to my really, really nice place until I fully replace my income as an entrepreneur, which means I can stretch my money for a lot longer and I can live happily investing in all the things I need to invest it only took me six months to get to where I need to be because over six months I hired the right coaches, got out of the right way, built my stuff, actually leveraged my skills. And today I am actually not, <clears throat> she's like, I-, I could be, she's like, Oh, that time I retrained. So I'm a level three yoga instructor now that has her own practice, her own business, all digital online. And this is what we're doing. Um, and from there, I end up taking that business, understanding further businesses, how they grow and how they scale and what models need to be used. And I realized I was far more effective by teaching other people how to do this through both combining yoga practices with the breathing exercises and combining the business exercises in a way that was actually both applicable and creative. So we decided to call something we, we created called Yoga Biz. Yoga Biz is essentially your social, is your social enterprise that is designed to help business owners and women in particular get back in shape, find balance themselves, rebalance everything they need to do through the practice of yoga and ultimately be taught business classes while we go through yoga poses and stuff like that. So it's a win-win because your brain is most activated. This time it actually takes in more information, yada, yada, yada. Let's go through doing this that launched it was absolutely brilliant on the other side point of no return i had my first 10 students completely graduate they've actually three of them actually hit the first five figure months i'm so happy i know i can never go back to any other life except for the one i'm fulfilling and oh by the way i live in the beautiful big apartment i've always wanted because i was smart with my money and what i did oh and by the way one of the finances class that we have is we actually teach women how to not quit their jobs and burn the bridges like everyone tells them to do but rather to slowly plan, create, and actually replace their income so they themselves can have a great life with less stress and create uh, freedom over time and not just immediate freedom as is. And that's what makes this difference. That's one-year plan person. The person that fucked it up royally and didn't listen to the first person and kind of went the wrong way was, I was a start, like I worked in high, high C-suite stuff. I was a CMO for several, several companies, hit seven figures a year, hated everything because i was having everything dumped on me it sucked i'm a personal color blah blah blah. whatever you want to call it i decided to leave at this point i i had dependents had my kids with me of course like my partner wasn't there so it was just me and my kids single parent doing their own thing um so i was making i was taking a huge risk we couldn't downsize our home because it was there i budgeted six months worth of living expenses um my re- my severance pay wasn't as great as it needed. Cause we got caught up in a lot of litigations and stuff like that. And that ended up draining a lot of my money. Um, thankfully I did have enough money to keep me over six months. Uh, but I fought and fought my way all the way through. I had to take loans out from my parents. I had to actually max out all my credit cards. It took me absolutely ages to get to where I need to go. I was completely blown away by what would need to be done. Uh, and then it, I had like this one night of insanity where everything was just horrible i was crying i was feeling sucky and these are the reasons why i was feeling sucky and then on the other side of it all um i realized i needed to sit down and make a plan so i sat down made a list made a plan of what i wanted to do found my goals and then started to work towards them no way shape or form was this easy especially starting as far back as i was with the spending habits i had it was really hard for me to break so the first thing i did i read these five books they absolutely helped me because it was the best education i could get and then from that I decided to slowly move forward and just fight my way through every single piece and process until I got to a point where I could leverage myself as a business owner and really have something to give because I realized I was really good at graphic design. So what I did was pursue my entire like idea of designing graphics for different people. The one thing I do remember from my CMO job was leveraging myself in such a really good way. I'd always suffered with anxiety. So what I did was create this entire character of a person and market them instead And I would be, of course, collecting all the money because it's the same person, but I'd be delivering through this third-party institute that would end up saving me a lot of time and hassle, uh, ultimately allowing me to actually partner with an agency and grow to a point where right now I'm where I'm at. So they took the hard road so they know exactly what to do and how to actually turn around. But do you see how there are two separate stories here that can easily line up and you can have infinite content loops with each one?
0: And each of those, I mean, would you break those into multiple stories? Would you say one yeah. long sequence? Would you say, you know, like, how would you take that? Because that's the, the hero's journey, right? If you will. Yeah. Um, but then there's persuasion in terms of, I got to sell something, right? Like yes. I'm in the business of being in business. So how do we take my hero's journey, not mine necessarily, but the hero's uh, journey those. that you've outlined and turn that into a sales machine, essentially?
1: Awesome. Glad you asked. So the way that you actually do this is fairly simple. You take, uh, so we'll take the one year person that we went from stockbroker to uh, yoga. Instructor we got there really
0: fast ago. and not too many hiccups, you know, just kind of.
1: You just like steamroll and smooth it. And they're also a really good teacher because they're a great student, but they're really good at teaching. They just happen to be that unicorn out in the wild, which sometimes. Well, they And let's bags,
0: throw at least, there's been at least one or two hiccups along the way, just to make it a little bit more real.
1: <laughs> I, there are some that don't. This is what I mean. I also really? want to hit the. There are, I know a few people that have actually gone through zero hiccups and made it to the other side. Their hiccups came way later on. and There's always their... hiccups,
0: at least, maybe yeah. not when the story started, but at least before to get to where the story started.
1: Yeah, like there's always something there that happened. And by the way, the reason I'm giving you zero hiccups with this person is because I don't want anyone to focus in on the pain aspect because, yeah. like, I want to show you can sell with pleasure as well. There is a way to do it with happiness.
0: Which you know all about that because. <laughs>
1: I, there's there's a side story to?
0: of um, when uh, Adil tells you he's sold and was 400 different markets.
1: 420, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, like all the markets, meaning um, erotica kind of areas to just you know, and... awareness and crystals and feathers kind of situation. So he spanned yeah. the gamut <laughs> and I just had to plug that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, vacuum sales. I've literally sold vacuums. Which erotica name. and
0: vacuums just kind of go hand in hand, don't they? <laughs> really do they really
1: do <laughs> same, anyway same but different um but I want that to just be there as a way of like selling with just the idea of nothing but good stuff because yeah. there's some, there's some people who are just negatively attuned I don't want people to gravitate towards that you got to see the other side right so the way that you do that is quite simple um oh god well, what was the actual how do you turn this into a thing so you break down each one of those sections into separate stories now this is where the real genius comes in I can't go through it all because it's a training in of itself I go into, but essentially if you understand there are seven types of stories, you can spin the same story seven different ways. Mm. Now, if you understand that, there's another thing that I'm working on right now, which is the four story structures that it sits on, which gives you 28 variations of the same story. Right. And each story could literally be between 0.1 and 0.1 mm-hmm. as a story piece. And that's right there. And it kind of builds up to this overarching theme. And you can kind of post these different little tidbits all around the time. But when it comes to selling, you stop talking about you and you start talking about the benefits of why you and that person has to be there. So this is something that's really changed. Before it used to be talk about them and them and them and them and screw you and them and them and them. Difference in time. People now want to know about you. They want to know who you are. So you got to talk about you. So what you do here is you start, I've said you like a million times. Um, the way you start off is by going with, um, sorry, you start off with something as simple as, actually, can we hit pause for just one second? Sure. Right, sorry about that, guys. Okay, so back into it where we were going with is how to like sell all this stuff is you take the key big elements from your 10 big points and essentially weave them into your sales copy, your emails and launch sequences. And that's where you kind of sell from the big boy stuff uh, or the big girl stuff. You essentially go from that very high level stuff and go from there, or whatever it is that you want to be realized as or whatever. Anyway, um, what you go through is that whole process of what happens when you're selling. So that could be something like, I'm a yoga person, I've gone through this thing, it's absolutely brilliant, we've done this, that, the other, it's absolutely brilliant, everything kind of went smoothly, and the reason I can do this is because I've actually mapped out everything with my mentors, we've actually got like a very straight path, we've we've helped 100 people, it kind of works universally, this is who it's for, this is who it's not for, this is how it works. Go into every single bit of the detail in my, in the way that I teach sales copy, and essentially you take these stories and put them into this framework, and then it comes out with something excellent. I can't go into this framework because unfortunately the playground of it all, as I said, is 17 and a half steps, but it's, it's like a three hour training. Um, So I mean, conceptually
0: what you're doing is, is there's a base process that creates conversion. So it's that call to action. There's different structures for those calls to action. And what you're doing is, is you're laying a story on top of that so that it creates that engagement, it creates that empathy and connection so that empowers the call to action to actually be activated.
1: Yeah, kind of. It's basically what I said was um, earlier, because I gave you guys an idea. So this is the... Uh, scroll, I'll just give you guys the outline um, very quickly. So it goes pre-headline, headline, sub-headline. Uh, so headlines basically at the very start. Open Like uh, opening paragraph with an open loop. Introduction to self. Introduction to story of discovery. Introduction to product after the end of the story, like how you got to discovery. Product description in complete detail. Like absolutely every single detail you can think of that gives them every reason to buy um testimonials uh price reveal price justification close guarantee bonuses come way later than people realize because bonuses should not be early on they are a bonus they come after the guarantee um reclose and repeat plus any testimonials you want to throw in that's 15 then it's sign off um ps and pps and so you got your ps's and pps's i think i missed one thing out of that entire entire process, but I am actually just completely remembering it all the best I can. Um, But each one of those processes essentially gets you through how to sell uh, with a sales set. So if you follow that format, that is what I mean. That is my playground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are
0: all the pieces, but you don't always play with all the pieces in a single story or email. Is that right?
1: Yeah, but what you do is in a sales letter, you play with all the pieces. Yes. Like when you're selling something strongly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a long
0: form sales letter, long form sales page. It's all the pieces need to be in there because they stack on each other. Um, Exactly.
1: And what you do is you take the story matrix I gave you guys that you went through. And basically what you do is you take elements from this massive 17.5 checklist. And then you just marry them together by going interesting headline. Okay, great. Opening open loop. here. Great. I can put this part of the story here and then I can just get to the call to action and give this whole thing. And what you do is you come up with different calls to actions all the way throughout because there's some that are softer, some that are harsher, some that are like meant for selling, some that are meant for like just getting someone to a phone call. And by the way, sliding into someone's DMs and having a conversation, as we said earlier, read your copy out loud, even if it's just like emails and stuff, because it gives you a real idea of how you would sound. And most importantly, if you want to slide into someone's DMs and you, you said, hey, I I saw that you have a problem with selling courses, the way that you approach that is like, hey, uh, really weird. How are you? But uh, like, I always start with a, like, hey, how are you? I know some people hate that, but it's a ginger. Junior- sincere how are you i'll ask you four times before i get an answer anything else from that because i really want to know um but I'll be like, hey, how are you doing? Thanks so much for adding me. It's really cool to meet people. I see we have mutual friends or whatever it is. Um, let's get a good dialogue going. Or if I see the first post they have is like, courses, I need a copyright. like, oh shit, I saw that you need a copywriter and that you go through your courses. Well,
0: I mean, if the open door is there, that's one thing. But it's a, the the presumption and the assumption, right, that someone needs help with exactly what you do is just that oh. very presumptuous and insulting. Yeah. Um, that is. You establish. No, yeah, know your market.
1: Like, but if right. you do that, and like, say you're approaching another, co- say you're a copywriter approaching me, um, to like get me to write, like, I saw your sales letter. It was shit. Yeah, it is shit. I'm rewriting it. That's why I'm in the process of doing that. Um, but it's a couple of years old. I've had people approach, it, Oh, you know your sales letter is not that great. It's like, yeah, I know. I'm I'm very aware that it's not that great. I make a point of it. I even say it in sales that this is not my best work because I'm writing for me and I have my own shit. cobbler's
0: um, kids. Yes. Yeah,
1: as it always is. Uh. But what ends up happening is, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought for a second. Just going back for a second. So what ends up happening is that whenever you're actually talking about this kind of stuff, when it comes down to, shh, uh, DMs,
0: stuff, like, DMs. Well, thank you. Yes. Yeah.
1: When someone slides into your like DMs and starts telling you like, "Hey, I want to work with you," whatever it is, or like, "Hey, your copy's bad," or "Hey, I saw there's a problem with your product sales," or whatever it is, or like, "Hey, I, you might have do you have a problem with lead gen?" The best way to approach like. Hey, how are you doing? Like, do a little research, get to know them. Um, I saw that you're really really cool doing like lead gen right now. Uh, I also do that as well, but I don't know what time you've been doing, like, how long have you been doing lead gen? If they're like, oh, I've been doing it for six months, I've been doing it for six years, and like, either it's more or less than you. If it's less than you, be like, oh, that's really cool. I've been doing this for a little bit longer. Let's connect sometime. It'd be really cool to talk to you. Um, And hey, if you have any questions, hit me up because, you know, Looking out for each other because it's a true looking out for each other. If you've been there for less time than they have, be like, oh my God, that's really cool. Do you mind if I ask you some questions about what's coming up? Because I am finding some crazy stuff uh, happening. Please let me know. After, like, yeah, it's a consulting fee or whatever it is, be like, that's really cool. If it's something that you can't afford right now, be like, Sorry, I can't really afford you as a consultant right now, but would still love to stay friends with you because, hey, who knows, I might be able to help you out with something in the future or we might be able to bounce my ideas off and realize that we have some weird commonalities. Anyway, have a great day and speak to you soon or ask them a question about what they're doing on their weekend. Um, All this builds rapport and conversation. You're not constantly going in for the kill. What you're doing is building up a relationship over time that is both seeded and actually perfectly... um, It's... it's, uh, it's a two way street, yeah. multi bus Well, it's connection
0: and conversation, right? Actually, versus you spitting stuff at someone um, directly. Now, I know that we're coming up kind of to the top of the hour, and there was one more thing that I wanted to kind of um, touch base on was, sure. um, um, ugh, but there is another question that I have. Go for um,
1: it. I'm staying on for as long as you'd have me.
0: <laughs> so, you know, when we look at, you know, the 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 traditional models of there's nurture sequences, there's sales sequences, there's phone call campaigns, there's referral campaigns, there's this campaign and that campaign. What's your philosophy around that um, versus kind of what you've laid out here in terms of the long-form sales page and pulling content from that to drive traffic to the offer?
1: You can do it all. Like the stuff I've just given you is evergreen. So... It works uh, universally. You can use this in DMs. You can use this in email sequences. You can use whatever it is. Essentially what I say is find what you love to do and then use what I've just shown you to do it better, easier, and quicker. Because for love of goodness, you're always going to need sales copy. You're always going to need it. It works on every level.
0: Sure. And what about the nurture people, the balance between nurture and sales, right? So there's some people where every single email is a sales email, there's other people where they don't ever seem to sell anything um, and they're sending out emails. What, what's your thought in terms of the right balance, the right mix Do for both. the most people?
1: Do both. It's the equivalent of asking someone that you like out on a date and making an offer to them. Could be something yeah. as simple as like, yeah, it can sometimes be annoying if you're doing it annoyingly. But if you understand how to write with prose, if you understand how to write with humor and write with different styles and variants and stuff like that, what you end up doing is having a really fun way of having conversations with someone. You don't know what might get them to say yes. So it could be something as simple as like your welcome sequence is like, hi, welcome to the, what was it? Welcome to the party, pal. If you're a huge diehard fan like I am, it was mm-hmm. like the diehard fans out there, make yourselves known, reply back to me. Um, and then like have your whole email as a bit of a joke is back and forth. Cause that's what you're essentially doing is you're trying to polarize and niche out the wrong people that won't mm-hmm. work with you. Don't get who you are. Uh, while actually bringing the people closest to you, closest to you so they can walk with you.
0: Which like guys, like if you're listening to this, this is just a point that I'm, I'm very appreciating that you're making, which is you want to get people off of your list who are not going to buy from you. You do not want to market to the bottom 30% of your list, which is the people who are never going to buy, the tire kickers and all that, that I'm afraid of people unsubscribing. I'm afraid of people not being happy with me. Bless and release them. Let them go find their person. Don't modify all your marketing to try to convince people who aren't ever going to buy to buy from you. Focus on the other 70% of people who need some information in order to give you that yes. Pretty much. Sorry, I just, so box moment.
1: <laughs> nope, you were just making my point for me. That really just does work. And it's actually, I wouldn't even say it's like the bottom 30%. It's like the bottom 60%. True. It's like, just like be, be who you are with the people you want to be around and you will see your conversion rates grow. And there is a whole thing I'm doing with that that's kind of weird and awesome that we'll tell you about cat afterwards. Um, sorry, guys. This one I Behind just have, scenes.
0: Keep on, I have to Most keep Behind scenes.
1: <laughs> I have to keep this one under my hat until I actually get it done because I know if anyone steals it, it's going to piss me off.
0: Competitive advantage. You got to you got to market it. So the last question that probably isn't the last question, but the last topic <laughs> is, and we touched a little bit on it um, at the beginning, but the the buyer psychology. And we touched on it when it came to kind of influence and manipulation. So, um, you know, what, how, and of course, uh, you know, the difference between the two is really just intention, right? Are you intending to manipulate or are you intending to influence? Um, What can people leverage as strategies, you know, maybe one or two that you don't see that are super easy that you're not seeing people leverage as part of their content?
1: Okay, so market, we, actually, we didn't actually answer my last question. So I'm going to quickly just rip back on that. So how often you should be like promoting and giving value, essentially do both. I thought you were topic. trying
0: to be vague by saying it just depends.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's actually it depends on this one thing, which is it depends entirely on what type of value you're positioning. Your email has to give you enough of value. And, and by the way, let's just define, define value. Value is giving someone a positive state change. That's all it is. Could be you get made the money, you made them happy, you made them laugh, they thought about something new, they were thought-provoking, they feel connected to you, they want to be your friend. Any of that kind of stuff completely works and is fine. What you do from there, however, is that you can actually make a very subtle pitch. And it's always the kind of side pitch. It doesn't have to be like, oh, and by the way, because of this, you can buy my thing. It could be like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, fair story, P.S. Is, PS, if you want to get my thing, you can totally go get it if you want. It would be really cool to have you on board. I know I made that whole offer to you the other day. But just in case you missed it. And then the next email could be, um, okay, let's talk about the dumb thing I did in the PS or like, let's talk about the thing I did in the PS. And it's like, here's all the things of why I want you to get this and why I'm pushing this a little bit hard. But at the same time, don't worry. I've got a couple of emails that are just going to be great for you to move forward. But hey, I just need a reply back from you to uh, let me know what you want me to talk about next. Because you might be out of ideas. You might not know what your audience, which, which always comes down to market research. Now this kind of like tunnels back into biopsychology is because your market research actually is entirely based on that. Now, if you want to look yes. at what your biopsychology looks like, there is a very, 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 very ridiculously add strategy that I developed. And I'm going to share it with you guys because it is in my course, and I go into it in way more depth. Uh, one of my courses I'm developing on research right now. But it works, and essentially it's using uh, Reddit and YouTube as two of your biggest platforms, and here's how you do it. First of all, there is... I'm going to like teeter over this because there's a lot of stuff. So there's a celebrity like research method that you have. Essentially, you want to find out who your audience follows and listens to. And then what you want to do is create a new YouTube account that's completely clean and subscribe to all the shit that they subscribe to. Because YouTube's algorithm will start actually bringing up their shit into your, uh, I say shit very, very lovely. Uh, It's basically it brings up their stuff that they're looking at, that they're being influenced by onto this algorithm naturally where you don't have to do any freaking research. It just shows up in your freaking YouTube.
0: Do you mean it shows up on yours individually or you're creating a playlist within no, your YouTube No, you account?
1: are literally creating a brand new YouTube account that's completely fresh and clean when you start... Say, say for me, like, for instance, I'm a weird character because I listen to everyone. So there's some stuff that comes up that's like, oh my God, what's wrong with that all? Um, and I know some people are like, oh, if you like Joe Rogan, you're a red flag, go fuck yourself. You don't know shit about the person and you've never listened to a full episode or understood where this person's come from. So come at me. I've been a fan for like 11 years and also known from MMA. Just gotta throw that out there because I had someone literally try and say, "If you like with Joe Rogan, it's a red flag." I'm like, "Wow, wow, no!" Just question you can learn everything as
0: much as about what to do and what not to do from people. So, yeah.
1: Thank you. There is a whole thing where knowledge is power because, believe it or not, you need to read everything to understand it that's how you basically conversation happens
0: with the willingness to see and believe that you could potentially be wrong and being open to modifying your belief system but you have to, it's a two there's just this is a there's whole a conversation. Other topic
1: there's a whole bunch of conversation <laughs> but it does go down that path now the reason I bring Joe up is because again I'm a fan of Joe I'm a fan of Chocolate Wilnick but also I'm a fan of people like uh Philip DeFranco who I'm a huge fan of as well I actually to be fair, if you, list, if you look at my YouTube, it's mostly like uh, basketball videos, stuff about religion, stuff about MMA, um, just random bits of self-development of there. and I just really enjoy stuff that goes on. Um, Some of my favorite comedians, like, for instance, you'll, you'll find Eliza Schlesinger on my playlist that comes up because she's freaking hilarious. Or Wanda Sykes, because Wanda Sykes forever will make me Amen.
0: laugh. Amen. Amen. Love her.
1: Yep, she's amazing. <laughs> also, just Alcoholics. slight
0: mention to Pootie Tang, because nobody
1: remembers... <laughs> Pootie Tang is amazing. And everyone it, forgets, Grace,
0: but everyone's forgotten about it, but okay. Yeah.
1: Well, to be fair, in all fairness, like the kids today will not watch Pootie Tang <laughs> and actually enjoy it like we did. Okay. Pootie Tang is very much. Of like we've time. connected
0: on a whole other level here.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. It's like when someone tells me they're a community fan, I'm like, Oh bitch, you know exactly what's up right now. You know exactly where I'm at. <laughs> like any show you recommend is a damn yes. Um, <laughs> because you understand my sense of humor anyway uh going back to it it was also like she was in the steve harvey show but the reason i bring all this stuff up is because you'll be seeing who i'm being influenced by now you can look at what type of like thoughts and ideas and agendas i have like for me it'd be like he's an open thinker he really listens to both sides he has a few biases as we all do but generally it's a pretty chill area to actually keep expanding growth and understanding well guess what You can now start writing copy to that type of person and bring those people in if they are within your own grasp, because if you're like, okay, how do I find my voice? Because I agree with these people and these are the people I market to. It's my own people. Uh, Great. Now go find out what they're listening to because it gives you a new colored opinion. It gives you an idea of how other people speak. And because of how other people speak, you're now able to reverse engineer that into what we call bias psychology. And bias psychology is all about, do I feel safe? Do I feel comfortable? And can I make a decision knowing that everything's going to be okay? This is one of the reasons why I'm going to give you a really powerful thing. Well, two things. One, stop using the word land in your sales copy. It goes back to the whole above and below thing. It's bullshit. It's a dumb word. i spent a lot of money trying to figure this shit out. It's a stupid word. Use discover, uncover, or reveal. It's just way more powerful. I've harped on about this for literally years. It's so number one. Two, um, I'm going to take claim of something that is mine, and I'm only going to do it because I can fucking prove it. So fuck everyone else. And I'm really pissed off that I never get credit for this. Uh, but that's number three. Number two is always put in. And this is how you can tell because the psychology is there. Number two, in your guarantees, always end it with, and we can remain, and we'll be part, and we'll even part as friends. Yeah. Reason being people don't like feel, don't feel comfortable taking money back and they get really fucking vicious about it because they're scared. If you put that with leave in part as friends and they know you to have a chill persona and a really relaxed way of doing things, guess what? They can ask for their money back and be like, I took Adel's course. It wasn't for me, but oh my God, he was so cool about it that I think it'd be perfect for someone that really wants to go through this. Sends me five new customers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Tells everyone how great relationship first profit second and believe it or not it works in long-term business in every strategy and number three the thing i'm going to actually reclaim that is mine anyone that's using testimonials on the goddamn landing page you can thank me i tested that back in 2014 thecopylab.com we saw a 62 percent conversion rate i remember messaging my friend james about this and also mike phil same called my client dave uh david walsh on this because we broke (laughs) Uh, webinar jam back in the day with a 90.6% opt-in rate on a webinar.
0: Well, damn, just 90.6. Yeah. I
1: mean, 90.6 that got broken a few years later. My buddy, Andy, her song actually showed me this. And then I was so happy that it was the formula that did it. Uh, someone did it and they got a 91.2% conversion rate on a paid webinar and i was like yes motherfucker my formula still works and by the way the reason it works if you guys want to know is quite simple character testimonials or even product testimonials will work which is why when you go to uh greatestcopywriterlife.com forward slash cat you will actually see on that page the exact format i use which is headline subheadline, bullet points opt-in and of course uh character testimonials you will see a character testimonial from cat because she's going to leave me one because she's literally just witnessed everything i do and teach so she can actually say with certainty hey i've seen him do this it's absolutely brilliant and basically here's why he should opt in that right there is just more endorsement or i might use someone else who knows there is time to tell but those always work so enjoy and by the way have fun with your marketing it doesn't have to be rigid it doesn't have to be stupid if you enjoy jay-z and country music guess what talk about both yeah because it's fine
0: because there are plenty of people out there who are just like you and they're just waiting for you to show the example of how to be so they can show up even more as themselves
1: exactly let them be the permission let you yes. be the permission for them be the permission for them
0: <laughs> um adele you have been amazing today i know you've you've shared that link in terms of where to find resources any and i know you've kind of gave a parting words right there but i just want to double check any parting words things that you wish people would really take to heart and implement in their business to create success i kind of ask tell
1: fake stories. <laughs> don't tell fake stories like use your yeah. actual real shit whenever you do it uh be ethical in how you do things Be super chill with people. Give credit where credit is due. And finally, this is my personal favorite of all time. Have fun with the fucking process. Go through this again. Look at the process. I've given you a shitload of homework to do. So uh, anyone that says that they can't write copy or don't know what they're doing, um, at that point, just reach out to me. Just, you know, on all my... Except for my YouTube channel, which is Greatest Copywriter Alive uh everywhere else is just at adela Marcy. uh facebook don't you could add me but honestly it's just it's a shit show in there so i probably won't be able to accept everyone but hit me up on ig like instagram is like my favorite place i will literally respond to your um to your dms um all about that life so follow me send me a dm we'll have a chat it's all good um and yeah i guess my last words would be love happiness joy fun and be kind to each other or as my favorite one of my favorite movies of all time is uh what was it be awesome to each other and party on yes be excellent to each other that's
0: awesome bill and ted
1: <laughs> always awesome. I, it was my first ted talk and it was excellent
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming today guys make sure you check out the show notes there are they're, they're going to be long full of details and make sure you check out those links and they're all going to be there for you for your references thanks so much toodles